This podcast episode is brought to you by The Cry Lounge. The Cry Lounge is an independent publishing company founded by this podcast host, Bonnie Orbison. The Cry Lounge transfers your daydreams onto paper. With two book releases the past two years, they are preparing to extend their service to other authors and other creators. To get more details and support this show, there's a link in the description you can check out. The Cry Lounge looks forward to meeting you. My name is Bonnie Orbison and this is my podcast, Bonnie's Legends. to another episode of Bonnie's Legends on a sunny day for me. I don't know how your weather is. My weather is good. And yeah, this episode has a special guest and the guest is the class child. I have to say I admire her for now a long time and I remember when I when I logged in the first time of Inst in Instagram like 2017 or something I remember that she was one of the first people I followed yeah and I still follow her that's like we have 2021 now it's for years now and I admired her before I even knew I'm going to be an author as well I'm writer and self-publisher I'm grateful for having her on today's episode and Yeah, let's get into the writer's talk. Have fun. Ladies and gentlemen, the class child. Or Hello. Charlotte Erickson. How you wanna call how you wanna get called? Uh I mean my name is Charlotte, but yeah. my my artist persona is the glass child. The glass child has changed a lot for me through the years because it was something that I came up with when I was like 15. Um, and I think it was a way to protect myself when I started making music, when I started mm -hmm. putting myself out there, I didn't want people to know that I was Charlotte Erickson, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted people to kind of not really know who I actually was, but now maybe it's more of, um, a, a way to remind myself of what art could be. Um, mm -hmm. the glass child to me is like a very pure artist. 
Wow, this is such a deep meaning. (laughs) (laughs) It could, it can have a deep meaning. It can also just be a name, whatever you feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I feel the same. Um, I always wanted to come out with my real name. So I always wanted to put up my books with my real name. And then I changed school because of bullying. And I didn't want that these people, now I really publish these books. So I changed my name. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Here I am, so, Bonnie Oberson. Oh, that's beautiful. You know what? I, I actually feel um, your name is something you definitely can change through your life. I have had like nicknames in different mm-hmm. cities where I have lived. Wow. Like I, I've had like uh, groups of friends calling me different nicknames because I have felt like different people in different cities. Okay. And I've had times when... I lived in a city and people called me a nickname and then I moved away and I decided I'm not going to introduce that nickname in this new city because it's yeah. time for a new version of myself. Yeah, that's also deep. You're a deep person. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just good at recreating myself in too many different ways. <laughs> yeah. Now I think that's, for example... Um, I found the name Bonnie because I started writing a book last year and my main character was called Bonnie and she was really like me in that moment, but she got her freedom back and I always wanted to be like her. And when I said, I want to call myself differently, I just knew I have to call myself Bonnie after my own main character, which sounds a little bit weird, <laughs> but, no. now, but now I'm changing, like now I'm changing her name and this book is called ID Bonnie Insane right now. Um, but I'm changing now her last name. So I have to change the whole title. And, and now I'm going to call her ID Bonnie Lou. And I was really mm. like, wow, why didn't I came with this name? Like this would be a great artist name. <laughs> it is. It's beautiful. It's yeah. super beautiful. I love it. Yeah. So, but now I just say it's her name. It's her name. <laughs> but can you, do you identify with the character? Like, is it some small part of you is actually this character? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For example, I suffered with depression last year. I didn't realize that on my own, but Bonnie, my book has depression. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people told me like, are you okay? Because you're writing a book about depression. I was like, I'm fine. But afterwards I realized that I was really depressive and that was kind of mm-hmm. really, wow. Okay. You know, I, I think that we're very similar because that's exactly what I did with the glass child I think I I, through the glass child I can write about things that I am not kind of ready to acknowledge in myself Mm -hmm. yes Yes. she can she sees things that I don't want to see and she can word things that I maybe feel embarrassed to say and I think you know that's like the magic of art you can be someone else in it that's Mm -hmm. yeah for example, I started writing because I wanted to be, so it was, it was a fan fiction. My first book ever was a fan fiction. And I wanted to be the daughter of the main character of a TV series. And <laughs> so I wrote a fan fiction about that. And it's just, I think I started writing because I wanted to be someone else. I wanted to be with someone or in another town or with a person who doesn't live anymore. And now it's just now it's art I didn't realize that at that time because I was 8 10 or something but yeah it's art mm. yeah and you know that's also the freeing thing with art like if you're writing music or books or whatever um 
you can it's your reality you know you can take your reality you can come up with details that maybe are not true but Mm -hmm. it's yours like you can write anything you want and nobody can tell you that yeah but that's not how it happened or that's not true like yeah but for me in this book it's what happened you know yeah exactly exactly or I have a good friend who realized that um I have a lot of peril I can't identify with my main characters. But since then, this friend thinks like everything he reads in my books is me. And that's not true. That's not mm. true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is, you know what? I'm never getting into like personal stuff. But with when I met my first boyfriend, I was sharing all those dark, kind of mysterious, a bit melancholic quotes. And he every day is like, are you okay? Like, what, what happened? Was it between you and I? And, you know, some people can just not separate between yeah. art and reality. And I yeah. try to, you know, explain, like, um, I kind of find melancholy and the, the mystique in it very beautiful. And I can put that in my art, but then I can go outside and be super happy and yes. easy. And, like, you know, you're not yeah. walking around thinking about the poetry and rain all the time (laughs) no you don't (laughs) no you don't I don't know it's maybe I don't know we don't have to understand them they're not artists (laughs) no no that's the thing right it's like yeah this is this is our thing they don't need to get it but it's hard to to, it's hard to like accept that not everyone understands what you're doing but yeah yeah that's true but like um like I I was never a person who was like friends with my classmates and then it turned out that they're bullying me, then I changed school and I actually have really like classmate friends. But I'm still not the person who's like, Hey, let's go out, let's go to the beach, let's go go to the lake or something. I'm not that person. I'm really like just I don't know, I like to be my own and that was so funny because through this podcast I met so many artists I, I look up to. And now we're like friends and always texting with each other and telling like secrets. And that's kind of really why I said to my mom, maybe these are my real friends. Who knows? Yes. yes. That's so beautiful. You know what? I, I truly believe you, just because you grow up on the same street or in the same city and you, because of that, you end up in the same class or mm-hmm. in the same football team or whatever. It doesn't mean that you have anything in common and you yeah. don't have to connect to these people. And yeah. I, I found the same when I left Sweden, where, where I grew up and I went to London, I met a community of songwriters from all over the world. And that was the first time I felt like, wow, there are people like me out yes there, you know exactly and I think so many people you know you grow up and you go through this school system in maybe just yeah. one city and they think that it's something wrong with them but actually yeah. it's just you just haven't met your people yeah yet. exactly your English is so good Thank and you. you're 15 is it from school is that no. you learned English as well okay no 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 so my brother is living in Barcelona and I had an internship the him um, at his factory in Barcelona and everybody's talking English so I had to talk two weeks in English and row and his girlfriend is in, is uh, ta- just talking English so I'm really talking with them English and then I just started talking to myself in English because I was like that's the only way I can talk to someone in English here mm. and um, yeah 
since then. Amazing. It's so good. You know, I, I didn't feel comfortable with speaking English until I moved to London and then okay. I was 18. Uh, but before then, my whole time in Sweden, I was, my English was not good enough to like speak. But I couldn't. We're couldn't always getting like in Germany, they're getting taught that like um, Norway, Norway, Sweden, Finland, they all like watching tv in english the subtitles is not something like we always get like yes. they're good in english yes we don't dub like you do in germany you, yeah you have you put a german voice over everything we don't do that so i think in sweden we grow up and watch like tv shows and movies and we hear english but we have mm -hmm. subtitles in swedish but I, i think still then as a kid you you learn how it's supposed to sound by just yeah. hearing it all the time so then when you do move somewhere or try to study it, it might be a bit easier to understand how it's supposed to sound. Okay. But but you don't have this typical German English, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I watched, I watched like days ago, I watched a promo video of a fashion brand and this model started talking and I was like, she's German. She's German. I know yeah, that. I hear that in her yeah. voice. And then she talked in German. I was like, yes, I knew it. But then I was like, because I, I kind of like this German accent. And then I listened to myself and was like, I don't have that German accent. <laughs> no, you know, what? I think it's, it's charming when you have some sort of accent, but you have, I can't really tell what it is. You have some sort of accent, but it's not like the typical German one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's like a blend between the, the Barcelona influence and yeah it's good though it's yeah yeah nice. I know that's how I learned like really talking with people in English and then they all came come with the Spanish Catalonian like Catalonian right. accent and then it just talk like this accent English yeah yeah, yeah but it's good so and but do, you do study English though right in school too or yeah. in Germany yeah and I'm yeah. doing it also for I am um, I voted for my A-levels now oh okay yeah <laughs> so that's how crazy you're still in school that feels like a different universe <laughs> oh, it's been so long I was in school <laughs> yeah I kind of miss it though really or yeah I do mean I? I don't know <laughs> I just I just regretted it when I said it. I'm like, no, actually, I don't. <laughs> do you read a lot of books, or what? What do you do, like, um, find inspiration and relax? Ah, uh, I'm really I'm a, I'm a really bad reader because for one book I need a half year. <laughs> okay, but that's interesting that you you write but don't read as much. Yeah, I mean, I never really. I like novels, but I was, it always took me so long to read them. But like, actually, that's why when, when I read my first biography by someone, I realized that this is the kind of book, this is the genre I want to read because it's, I'm reading it fast and I like it. So mm. I started reading a lot of bi biographies and my mom is a huge Noah Roberts fan. So we have a lot of Noah Roberts novels. And if I'm starting a book by her I'm finishing it but like in four months <laughs> yeah okay but that that's okay it's like you don't have to read fast I think I think it's just um as um as a writer the mm -hmm. more you read the more you will see how many different ways you can write 
I think. Yeah, I know. Because, yeah, everybody's telling me that. Like every author is telling, like, and I'm following, I'm now in a community of writers and authors and, and like they're always telling me like, yeah, I'm always reading and I'm reading so much. And I'm always like, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think the trick is like you said, you have to find what you can, what you like reading, you know, so that it doesn't feel like you're sitting there working because when, <laughs> when you, yeah, sometimes it can feel like that, you know? Yeah. I, I have tried to read those like, uh, contemporary modern, fiction novels and it's the same for me I was like I have to read the same page five times because I swirl off and think about something else you know mm -hmm. but then when you find the kind of style and the author and you sit there and suddenly two hours went by and you're like wow this really took me somewhere else mm -hmm. I think that that is like it's the best and that's also whenever I found that I feel so inspired to to write afterwards Yeah, but I think that's the kind of problem if I'm reading like novels because then I'm reading one scene and then I have my own scene in my head and this is so, mm. this is so like I can't continue reading that and I have to write. That's oh my god, yeah, that's good. That's good. You're a creator. You know, sometimes you just need to use other people's art as tools until you mm -hmm. yourself feel inspired enough to go and create. Yeah, I'm always I always, I'm always listening to music while writing. Mm, that's nice. I can also write the folk music, but that's kind of, I don't know, it's just me and my thoughts. <laughs> and if I have the music on, it's just, you know, I'm just, it's just flowing. <laughs> mm. well, yeah. What do you listen to? What kind of music then? Is it instrumental music or? No, I actually have for every book a known soundtrack. <laughs> mm, that's yeah. exciting. Okay. Yeah, I've always done the favorite artist or favorite album. Um, for example, the Idy Bonnie Lou last year was uh, Norman Fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. All right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. It kind of matches also like it's about depression. <laughs> no, but you have to. Yeah, I can see that because you need to have the, the same. I mean, you can't listen to the happiest rock music while writing mm -hmm. about depression. Yeah, you know, that's get true. in that mood. Yeah, okay. that's true. And now I'm just... Um, I want to continue ID Bonnie Lou and that's actually so funny because now like do you know that if you're starting writing a book and then you're always thinking about how it would go on in the story but then you sit down and write and it's completely different it's completely yeah. different wow and <laughs> so actually the ID Bonnie Lou I wanted to end it like I wanted to keep it really dark and depressive and that stuff but actually now maybe it's because my life changed too I'm thinking that it's just it should be a little bit dark but it should also be like this a little bit happy <laughs> so I'm kind of now listening yeah. to chromatics now oh I don't know them is it a band yeah it's a band I'm gonna write it down chromatics <laughs> what kind of music is it is it like It's kind of really 80s influence. It's really the Ooh. synthesizers and that stuff. And that's really okay. like a change from Norman fucking Rockwell to this sound. <laughs> But it's kind of, it's also kind of cool. Yeah, it just feels right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And, and you know, I also think uh, what you said about um, as you change, your book takes a different turn. Mm -hmm. That is the most, I love that. That is the most beautiful thing. Like as an, as a songwriter, when you go back to an artist's catalog and you can see how they have 
gone through different stages like mm-hmm. there was a relationship there and it seems like they got lost there and they were really happy there you know yeah that's like you create a gallery of of yeah. your entire life through yeah, art that's true so what did you do when you knew you have the whole world for you i mean god i'm still trying to figure out where what to do and where to go but um yeah i started with i went to london and then i was wandering in england um for a few years because that's where people embraced my music first then i needed a change and i moved to berlin the first time uh, 2014 i think it was because then berlin was very different than it is now it was super cheap to live here it was okay uh very different from london london was so busy and so many things going on and berlin was a bit more like raw and mysterious in a way (laughs) Uh, as i was here for a bit then i moved away i was in different places lived in barcelona and lisbon uh, i read that the barcelona (laughs) yeah barcelona was amazing and um yeah but honestly i came to a point where now there are certain things you always want in a city you know for Mm -hmm. me as i'm a songwriter i want to be able to go into sessions with musicians and artists yeah. I need to have like, um, this is a crazy, strange uh, thing to want, but because I, um, what I do is sending out my books. That's how I pay my rent by selling my books. So I need a good post service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. like number one for me. That was a problem, for example, when I lived in Portugal, the most beautiful country. I would have loved to live there, but I sent off a couple of books and they disappeared on the way because the postal service wasn't that good oh my god that would (laughs) be hell (laughs) it was so bad i went into the post office and i told them like i want to send two books to america and they just looked at the package they had no idea what to do with it like how much do i charge so that was really hard um but yeah at some point i it's like you you weight the pros and cons with with every place and berlin right now is amazing because there's so many creative people here from mm-hmm. so many places. It's just a, like a inspiring city, so many things going on and it's quite cheap compared to like London and LA or wherever else you want to live. <laughs> it's like yeah, crazy but that's, prices. That's, that's amazing that you find Berlin also inspiring because my brother lived in Berlin a lot of time, a, lo- a lot of time, like two years and I visited him four times during that because he was close you know (laughs) and then I started writing my first novel what I didn't know that this will be my first finished novel (laughs) and it's it's playing in Berlin actually yeah oh cool that's amazing beautiful yeah Yeah. could you imagine living here at some point ah I mean it has this it has this nostalgic, nost- how are you saying, nostalgic? Nostalgic? Yeah, nostalgic in it, but I don't know. I'm really like kind of, I want to, I don't want to live in Germany in the future. Oh, okay. really? Yeah, so that's kind of, I love Berlin, but I don't know if, because it's in Germany, I don't know if that's something where I can imagine living. Yeah. Where, where would you want to go? Uh Oh, a lot of places. I really want to like, when I have my A-levels, I want to really like living two months in France. 
Mm. I love the French. Mm. I love the French language, but because of my good English now, my French went really bad. <laughs> oh, you speak French too? Yeah. Oh my God, you're like a wonder child. <laughs> I can't, I can't even learn a third language. That's amazing. And where, where in, in France would you like to live? Paris? In the South Farm, because we have their friends and I just, yeah. I would just want to live for two months there and kind of, because France is so beautiful and I want to kind of challenge myself to speak French. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the best way to learn a language though, to, to just move there, I think. Yeah. And then I really want to like visit London and then also Norway was somewhere where I wanted to go. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's really like really, ta it's taking me to America and New York. Really okay. New York. Like New York is really, I don't know, I feel a connection with New York. That's really strange because I was never there. I was never there. That's but beautiful. I, this... that, I guess that's where all the book houses are. If you want to work with book publishing. It's like yeah. A, a yeah. Mecca. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I think, you know, I'm self-publishing right now and I'm always doing everything on my own. And I don't know if I want to do like, if I want to go to a publisher and he publishes for me. I don't know. Well, do you have um, um, a lot of readers of your books already? Like, did you get a lot of people who picked picked it up oh like these are just at the at the moment around me if it would okay. be like if it would be in english i think i would have a lot of people who want to read it yeah <laughs> because i know a lot yes. of people who just talk english but um yeah it's still the problem that i'm still writing in german <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but that's okay as long as you can get a um translator you know but yeah. what i what i always think is um if you can get a book like a bigger book publisher behind you um, mm -hmm. and they truly believe in, in your book and your story, then they can do a lot of things for you. But you still need to build an audience on your own because the mm -hmm. book publisher and the book houses, they don't do a lot of marketing for you. That's your job as the author, yeah. you know? So yeah. like, the, I think that I say that to everyone who wants to write books, the best thing you can do is just to build an audience on your own. And then you can self-publish or go to a book publisher, whatever you feel yeah. like, but you still need to build your audience first. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I also did like bad experiences with publisher oh, <laughs> with yeah. this book. And yeah. So that was the moment where I said, okay, you know what? Now I'm just doing it on my own. <laughs> yeah. I, really, okay. I was really fed up about them because they were just, I don't know, they were fake maybe. I don't know. Oh, okay. So you did work with a publisher first? Yeah, I worked with actually free, free were interested in this book and every free, like all the free wanted to have me and my book, but they were, sometimes they were expensive. Sometimes they just wanted to have it be before meeting me. And I wanted to meet them because I wanted to know who the people are, if I'm going to vibe with them. And I was always like, and because they were all at the same time, I was really like, just thinking it's all too much for me I don't want to because then they I don't know I felt like they're taking me away they're doing something with me what I maybe don't like and that was the thing where I was like okay maybe independence is better for me yeah so they uh, they they wanted you to pay them yeah that's true that doesn't sound like a 
that I'm glad you didn't sign that. A book publisher, you should never pay them. They will uh, give you money because they're buying your book, you know? Yeah, but the, I think today, I don't know. I was, a, I talked with a lot of publishers, like also um, some big ones. And they all said that I have to pay something. That was kind of. That's not right. Don't ever sign those things. Ever, ever, ever. No. Because <laughs> they are buying your book. So what usually happens is that, they give you an advance, uh, depending on how many copies they think you will be able to sell. And mm. they will uh, calculate that um, looking at your audience, how many people that they think will buy your book. But they, so they didn't do that. <laughs> they, then, then they weren't. They weren't doing a good job and you should not sign with those people ever. Uh, and then they give you an advance and you, it's kind of like saying a record deal, exactly. You will have to recoup whatever they give you before okay. you start earning any money and they usually take a percentage of mm-hmm. yeah. every book, you know? Yeah. But you should never pay a publisher to publish your book. They <laughs> buy your book and you let them publish it, you know? And then they take yeah, a yeah. percentage of it. But they weren't like that. <laughs> they yeah. wanted to have a per like they um they said so so much money of so much sold copies and then three years I would have must work with them. And that was just, I would, that was, that was a moment where I was still thinking like, I'm 15, like I can do that. <laughs> no. And you should also always ask yourself what, what's in it for you? You know, like mm-hmm. what, what could they do for you that you couldn't do yourself? Yeah. You know, yeah. especially if they wanted you to pay them, like, what are you yeah. paying for? Like now I self-publishing, I self-publish it. And I really did like the cover design on my own. I did the the format and all that stuff. And I was really like, wow, that's cheap. Yes. <laughs> because every time I had to ask my mom, like, hey, can I buy this? I have to buy this program for cover design, designing this one. And she was always like, yeah, I mean, just look how much money they wanted from you. Of course, you can buy this program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, don't, don't sign, don't sign those things. That, oh, no. God. Those things make me so angry. And, and you know what? Um, it's the same in the music industry. When I started out, there are so many people who call themselves a promoter or a manager mm. and, or like they say, come play a show in my venue. And then they want you to pay to get to play it's like no it's the other way around because i'm doing a yeah. job you should pay yeah. me if you want entertainment exactly in your pub, you know it's exactly. like and and the problem is that they think that we're so young and usually we're young girls so we're just gonna giggle and say yes yeah. and it's like it's our job to like listen if yeah. you want me to come work for you you're gonna pay me because that's a culture that we shouldn't accept anymore yeah that's true that's yeah. true yeah, but you got out. That's the important thing. And you, you learn from those experiences too. You have to go through them to learn and not do them again. Yeah. I mean, that's always like the mindset my brother taught me. Like every experience you will have, you will experience is, is a new lesson. Yes. A hundred percent. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, ladies and gentlemen, the class child. Oh my god, this episode was just a writing talk. We talked almost about nothing else. Just 
writing, writing, writing. I I believe you listened out of this that we're both passionate writers and yeah, we love to write. We love to exchange experiences in this industry. I hope you had the same fun as Charlotte and I had and I hope you have a wonderful rest Sunday. I hope your next week will be great and I hope you will start wonderfully tomorrow into the new week and tomorrow a new blog post of my blog series of Pretty Week is coming out. I'm talking about loving and unloving and how to be creative at both times and also if you want to check out bonus content of this episode then you can check out my patreon become my legendary listener and um, you'll get bonus content of this episode and the others and i hope you stay tuned for next week where i'm also gonna have a writer um wonderful writer as well and yeah have a wonderful sunday your host bonnie Robson. Thank you.